Please be seated for our Bible reading. The reading can be found on page 79 of the Pew Bible, should you wish to follow. On the, we, the words will also be on the screen. From Luke chapter 12, the parable of the rich fool. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do? Because I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is for those who store up treasures for themselves but on our rich towards God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Heavenly Father, would you speak to us now as we, we look at Jesus' story and what it might mean for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to think this morning about, about a game. This is a, this is a very famous game. You might be able to guess this game before I even tell you what it is. If you were here at 8 o'clock, then they could guess the game, basically, before 8 o'clock, before I'd even mentioned it. So we're going to think about a game. This is a very, very famous game. It's been, kind of came out nearly 100 years ago. You know, I guarantee you will have played this game. There are many different versions of this game. There is even a Jersey version of this game. The game is? Hey, there we go. Who's played the game of Monopoly? Hand up, hand up. Who knows the secret to winning the game of Monopoly? Cheat. <laughs> somebody, somebody said at 8 o'clock the secret to the game of Monopoly is to buy Mayfair. It's a bit more. A bit, a bit more than that. So I then asked them, and of course, remember these are people who are good Jersey people who've lived in Jersey all their life, because that's what you do. You go to church at 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning. So I said to them, on the Jersey version of Monopoly, what is Mayfair? Anybody know? Any? St. Juan's Manor? I don't even think St. Juan's Manor is on the Jersey version of Monopoly. They need to invent a new one. Anyone want to guess? Sorry? Not the Pomme d'Or, no. No. Think more ancient. Yes. Yes, that's what Gory Castle Montauk Isle is. That's Mayfair on, on the Jersey version of Monopoly. You see, here's the secret to winning the game of Monopoly. If you remember nothing else this morning, you might learn how to win at game, the game of Monopoly. The secret to winning the game of Monopoly is really acquisition is the name of the game. You kind of buy as much property as you can 
and you keep developing that property and then you hope that you can smile nicely as other people kind of disappear. Anyone ever had a family argument over a game of Monopoly? Where the game of Monopoly just ended? Or anyone felt resentful about another game, person in the game when you're playing Monopoly? You see, it was a guy who was resentful about another member of his family over an acquisition that led to the family argument in Jesus' story this morning. It wasn't so much an acquisition, it was more specifically who had acquired what through a family inheritance, which kind of does bring often sometimes those arguments. And Jesus kind of then talks about this story, but before he talks about the story, he makes a statement. And he says about the dangers of greed. He doesn't just say it kind of once. He wouldn't just be saying, like if I was talking to you now, he wouldn't just say, be careful. He'd be saying, be very careful. Watch out for the dangers of greed. That life does not, life is not about acquiring more and more stuff. In other words, acquisition is not the name of the game. And to illustrate this, he tells a story. He tells this story, it's about a fictitious rich man. And remember, this man is already wealthy. And then what happens with this rich man is this. He, he kind of gets this unexpected windfall. Listen, he's wealthy. He's already got an awful lot. And it comes round to that time of year where they harvest the crops. He was a landowner. And he's an experienced landowner. And he finds that he's got even more than he ever expected. I wonder if any of that's ever happened to any of us. Maybe it's come to the time of the year of the bonus for some of you who work in that type of industry. And maybe you might have a figure in mind and then all of a sudden, it's far more than what you expected. And all of a sudden, you have a choice to make like this, like this man does. Well, what do I do with this unexpected windfall? And he decides that what he's going to do is this. He looks at where he stores all his grain and his other wealth, and he stores it in kind of a big barn. And he decides that that barn is not good enough. It's not going to be good enough to store everything that he has and everything now that he's received as well. And so what he decides to do is he knocks down the barn and he's going to build a bigger barn instead. I don't know what you would have done in that situation or... I don't know what you think about this particular person, but God has a word for this particular person. And remember, this is Jesus' story. It's not kind of my story. This is Jesus' story. And God just has a simple word for this man. He just says, fool, fool. Now, why would Jesus just use such strong language about, about such a person? You see, because... While this man was rich physically, we're not just flesh and blood. We're spiritual people. Whoever we are, we each of us have a soul. And this man may be rich in physical terms, but his soul is bankrupt. And God's just about to deliver his personal winding up order on this particular guy. And that's it. And how much did he leave? Everything. 
because they always do. And Jesus' story kind of wants to say there's a better way. There's a better way to do life. There's a better way to what the point of life is all about. And the better way is to be rich towards God. And the reason Jesus said that was quite simply this. He said it because we have a soul. And we connect to God through our soul. That's how we connect with him. Because each one of us, whoever we are, have been created in the image of God. To put that in 21st century language, it means each one of us, whoever we are, has a bit of God's DNA in each one of us. And we're designed to connect with him. That's why that verse from the Psalms that I read earlier, when you connect with God in that way, you know it's true. There is fullness of joy in his presence that nobody or nothing can ever match. And sometimes I find that connection gets lost or broken. And one of the biggest reasons that it gets lost or broken is when we just spend our lives thinking acquisition is the name of the game and acquiring more and more stuff. Let me illustrate for you. You know, 10 days ago, the new Rector's car arrived. It's not my car. We, we kind of rent it. We rent it every year. It comes with a job, so it's not my car. So I call it the Rector's car. I don't call it Ian's car. I call it the Rector's car. And you know, this time, it's brand new. Who's ever had a brand new car before? Put your hand up. You know when you get in a brand new car and you can smell a brand new car, yeah? And it smells really nice and I'm, I'm driving around this new car and there's not a scratch on it yet. <laughs> He's seen the bill for the last one. <laughs> you know, there's, there's not a scratch on it. And I feel really blessed. But after a couple of days, I also started to notice feeling something else possessive you see other people can drive the rector's car oh no you're alright you can sit in that seat I'll drive the rector's car or perish the thought I've got three teenagers and one of my teenagers friends decided to get in the car and they decided to go to the shop and they decided to eat chocolate in the car and they made a little bit of mess in the car and that was not good news really not good news and I suddenly had to check myself Because the thing about possessions is this, if we're not careful, possessions possess you. And Jesus said there's a better way. You see, if you've been here on a number of occasions, sometimes I'll say about a parable, is think of a parable in this way. This is how I think about it. I think of it as a picture that becomes a mirror and then a window. Because Jesus' parables, stories, they were pictures. They were pictures of everyday life that would have gone in in those days. A wealthy landowner, lots of land, agricultural economy, crops, harvest time only once a year. They would have seen this picture before, but all of a sudden it brings us in. It brings us in because we start to suddenly ask questions. We start to get drawn into it. Oh, well. And all of a sudden we start to think, and we see the story through a mirror. And we start to look at this, this man and we just think, well, I'm not like that. Am I like that? Do I live my life either consciously or subconsciously? Thinking that acquisition is the, is the name of the game and all of a sudden we get confronted with that 
thing in the miracle, the ugly face of materialism, where we kind of say, that's not me, that's not me, but we all want more. As John Rockefeller, the most in modern history, the wealthiest man who ever lived, who kind of takes Jeff Bezos and take Warren Buffett's fortune and Bill Gates' fortune and kind of times it by five and you get the fortune of Johnny Rockefeller. And he was once asked that question, how much money does it take to make you feel happy? And he said this, just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. And what Jesus wanted to show in this story was that there was a different way, a better way to live. And it was to be rich towards God. What does that mean in quite simple terms? It means this. It doesn't mean God wants your money because quite frankly, God has more money than we can ever, ever imagine. He's the wealthiest person there is because he's got the lot. Being rich towards God is simply this, as Jesus would say on another occasion. It's to fulfill the greatest commandment, which if you don't know what that is, is simply this, love God and love people. Love God and love people. If you remember nothing else, remember this. My life is about love God, love people. That is what it means to be rich to God. That is what Jesus would say is the best way to live because God is love. As, a, as we think many of you came here four years ago about, about a wedding. And if you think about a very famous wedding that happened last year, a very famous royal wedding when a person who had a dog collar on said these very famous words, if it's not about love, it's not about God. Because if you think about it, what is the opposite of love? The opposite of love is not hate, it's selfishness. Which is exactly what living a life called acquisition is the name of the game is like. And so I want to leave you this morning with this. I want to leave you this morning just with this list. You know, there's, there's two lists, God, people, deeds of love, my soul, possessions, my kind of resume, my kind of CV, what does it look like, money, experiences, power, titles, position, beauty. And you know, as I, as I think of these things, and I put a post-it note, this is how I put it, I put a post-it note over that, and I put a post-it note over that, and I put a post-it note over that. And, and so on. And you'll see that on each of those post-it notes, there's a letter T. And you may be wondering, what does the letter T stand for? Temporary. Because it all goes. It all goes. What happens to the game of Monopoly when you finish? It all goes back in the box. And then you think about this side, and I think about this, and I think an F. And this, and I think an F. And I think this, and I think of an F. And I think about this, and I think about an F. And the F stands for forever. And we see the parable then through the window of God's reality, which is there that the best way to live, Jesus would say, is why would you not spend your life going round the board of life, working out this? Why would you not spend your life going around the board of life just working out and showing to those you love that this is what it's all about? Why would you not, Jesus would say, make this your life's inheritance because the object of life is to be rich towards God and that is what it looks like. Let us pray.
Just going to take a moment now in the, in the stillness of this place. For each one of us just to consider our lives. And what they're based upon. And Lord, would you come and speak to each one of us about what it means to just know your fullness of joy that comes from living our life being rich in you. In his name we pray. Amen.